You're listening to the More on Manufacturing podcast, where we talk about improving the value and operation of your business. Join Mike, Kevin, and the occasional guest for the latest on sales optimization, operational leadership, cash flow management, lean strategies, preparing for the sale of your company, business intelligence, and much more. Hi, I'm Mike Sibley leader of the James Moore Manufacturing Team. I'm here once again with Kevin Golden, one of my partners and member of the James Moore Manufacturing Team as well. On today's episode, we're discussing a topic on everyone's mind at this time of the year, of course, is taxes, tax planning, what can I do? Uh, are there any opportunities out there? And, and even though we're we're now at, you know, beginning of December, it's it, there's still some things that can be done and thought about uh, as we go and some things to be thinking about. So wanted to give one last opportunity to think through things before we hit the end of the year. And, and of course, you know, there's always changes in tax laws and 2023 is, is definitely no, no different. There's some changes that are occurring this year, some things to be aware of um, as we go through uh, and get ready for the end of the year. So being able to manage and uh, mitigate income taxes is obviously one thing we do to deal with cash flow management, uh, you know, how we deal with uh, making sure your business is still continuing to have the cash to drive value up in the business and make sure we're not overpaying or at least understand what and why we're planning those things. And so we're going to talk through some some ideas to consider, um, some things that you may already have on on your mind, but want to make sure that we're we're out there giving you um, you know a few things to consider along the way. So Kevin, uh, you know, good to see you back on the show again. Of course, um, uh, as I just mentioned, you know. At, it, we're, we're heading to tax season. So why don't you start us off with some things that uh, manufacturers can look to, can be thinking about from a tax strategy standpoint. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And, and the first thing I'll say actually is we are big advocates of tax planning isn't just at one point in time in the year. It's on everybody's mind because we're coming to the end of the year, but it's something you should be looking into probably throughout the year as you have conversations because they're all tied together, right? We've talked about on the show a lot about um, accounting functions being tied with operations and things like that. So all this kind of ties in together. This is just one segment of that. But in our manufacturing realm, and you've heard us preach this before, we've talked about it before. One big item to always be aware of is that inventory, right? Inventory for manufacturer can make or break you, right? For a whole lot of different reasons. Speaking from a tax standpoint, right? We want to make sure that inventory is correct. A lot of times we'll find that um, either if your inventory system's not working properly or you're not doing you know, inventory valuation often enough that your inventory a lot of times is overstated. Um, occasionally understated, but I think more times than not, we find that it's overstated um, and therefore you're, you're carrying costs on your balance sheet that really should be on your P&L, right? Um, and so that's something that you definitely, definitely want to make sure. Not Again, there's a lot of other great reasons operationally as well, but... Uh, for speaking from a tax standpoint, that's one easy thing to do that you really need to be doing regularly um, and making sure you reconcile on that regularly. But that can have a big impact. We've seen before that can swing a lot if people aren't carrying uh, the appropriate inventory value on their balance sheet. So getting that cleaned up, again, a lot of great benefits. One of those could be a, a tax benefit there as well. Um, so um, some other things to think about is, you know, Let's rewind the clock a little bit. In 2018, right, we had all these, that was one of the biggest years for tax law changes since the 80s, right? And so uh, a lot of different things that affected every single industry, every single person to some extent more than others, right? 
Well, a lot of those laws that were all passed in 2018 by the Trump administration are now we're starting to see they are not sunsetting, they're not going away, but they're starting to ramp down. A lot of those benefits, there are a lot of taxpayer friendly items in those law changes that now we're starting to see they're still beneficial, but they're not quite as beneficial as maybe they used to be, right? One of those big things that you hear people talk about, right, um, is depreciation, right? One, one knee-jerk reaction always whenever you're talking in manufacturing or maybe construction and things like that, equipment-heavy businesses and industries are, well, I've got income. I need a new piece of equipment. I'm just going to go buy it, right? Uh, and for several years, especially if you've needed it, and especially if you need it in probably in the first, second quarter of the next year, not a bad idea. And if your cash flow allows for it, yeah, that's a great. Why? Because you could write those off 100%. As long as it's being used in the business, as long as it's in service, up operational functioning by the end of the year, great. Yeah. And you can save some tax dollars and get your benefit now rather than waiting a whole year if you put it in service next year, right? Well, some of those things are still a good idea, right? Operationally, a great idea, especially if you're going to need it. Um, but they may not be quite as beneficial as they were previously, where previously we have, um, not to get too technical, but we have two different types of depreciation. We have what was called a bonus depreciation, and then you have what's called Section 179 depreciation. We won't get into all the nuances of, of the finer details of the limitations on those, but but what you heard about in that Trump package that was passed in 2018, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, was that, hey, you could write off all the business uh, um, FF&E, furniture, fixtures, and equipment, 100%, right? In the year you place it. And that's what they were referring to, that bonus depreciation. Well, now you're hearing that that bonus is now starting to ramp down with 2023 to 80%. You'll go down to 60% with 2024 and so forth. So not only is it important, hey, getting those in, because you can still get a pretty sizable deduction, right, under bonus depreciation. But if you wait even just a few months, you're not going to get quite as much depreciation on the first year. You'll still get it over the life of that equipment which you're not going to get as much up front as what people are used to. And so that's one good reason. There's also the 179 that people haven't thought about for several years because bonus depreciation has been 100%. But that is basically as long as you have profits. That's a big, um, that's a big asterisk there because sometimes depreciation and other things that aren't just cash drive us maybe into a loss, right? But as long as you have a profit, you can use 179 depreciation to still write off 100%. So there may still be opportunities and from... Uh, especially in our uh, in a very profitable business to take 100% deduction on that equipment you need to buy. But the important thing is evaluate what those needs are. Evaluate what your cash flow needs are. That's important too. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Then make a good decision to say, oh yeah, I'm going to go ahead and need this. I need it in the short term anyways. Let's go ahead and maybe purchase some of that equipment now, get it in service up and running now. Um, and, and who knows, maybe that'll be a negotiating factor as well. Cause I know, you know, the people selling the equipment are probably trying to, to, to sell it. So you might have a little leeway there on terms and so forth. But important thing is get that in service by the end of the year. And then that way, even if it's just, you know, a few days in service within it, it still qualifies and you can get up to a hundred percent, uh, deduction through depreciation of that piece of equipment. Um, you know, for this year, recognizing that benefit now, feeling that benefit now, as opposed to if in January, you're going to have to wait a whole year until tax time rolls around in 2025 to really, uh, to realize that benefit. Right. Well, now let's step back, you know, going, so going back to inventory for just a minute, I mean, you know, the bottom line is, you know, yeah, 
if, well, first, if you've got obsolete inventory, get rid of it. There's no, you know, besides the carrying costs that go along with holding on to it, uh, you know, get rid of it, get the tax deduction. Cause you, you really, you really can't unless you get rid of it with, with some limited circumstances. So, you know, and, in, in do a physical inventory adjustment. A lot of times we're talking on this, on this show about driving value and, and selling the business and, and what having an accurate inventory system just over and above is, is the main goal here. Have, have a good in, solid inventory system. So that way, if you are going down the road of selling, you know, say three years from now, they're going to look back three years. So, you know, that's just a good practice to have anyway. And of course there's good tax reasons to do those, you know, with equipment and, and, you know, I think our overarching thing is don't spend a dollar just to save 30 cents. So, you know, if you need to buy a piece of equipment uh, and you're planning on buying it, say the first quarter of next year, let's just, as an example, if you can get that in and, and there's still time and, and, and you do that, then let's do it. It makes sense. Um, and, and keep in mind at the same time, if it's manufacturing equipment, say to Florida, does have sales tax exemptions under certain circumstances for manufacturers as well. So there's another opportunity to make sure that you're really evaluating the sales tax on those things and saving that tax as well. So there's a there's there's definitely a lot of different thought processes to go in to make sure you're ready and, and there's still time to do these things between now and the end of the year. Well, and that's a great point, Mike. We never, never want to let, remember, uh, tax mitigation, tax planning is one tool. You never let one tool run the whole show. So again, big picture, what makes sense? And also think about what, what you just said there, Mike, if I'm going to sell my business in three years and all, last thing they want to do is dig back three years and find that your inventory is fluctuating so much, your bottom line, your P&L looks terrible because we haven't been adjusting inventory regularly. Therefore, it looks like you have a huge loss when operationally you really don't, but because you never tweaked these things, because you never did a physical inventory count, because you never chewed that up or, or verified that your inventory system was working the way it should be, then Forget all the, am I pricing right? Am I making the profit? Am I hitting my growth goals and things like that? It's just that bottom line looks terrible. Now that's something under due diligence and someone's going to try as a, as a buyer, try to ding you for it, try to get some sort of discount on or something like that. You're not going to get the most value you can. So again, keeping up that regularly could be a tax, a tax move to help out on that end. But then also keeping that in check regularly will help out, especially whenever you're trying to go to finance at the bank, go to sell continue to drive that value to where it raises less and less questions and, and and they know what they're looking at is really true and they don't expect these huge you know changes because we simply weren't you know um, keeping track uh, and valuing our inventory properly so no the, the next sure. the next thing is you mentioned it earlier and I told you I think we would come back to it as cash flow management right uh, again managing your cash flow always important right? Always be looking at looking at forecast, making sure, especially whether your growth goals or your future plans may be um, for your business, right? Cash flow. I mean, cash is always king, right? No matter good times, bad, and especially in the, in the slower times, cash is always king, right? And so keeping an eye on that and managing that properly is super important, especially um, if you have times it may be seasonality to it, right? Um, in your business, right? And so um, which we do see a lot, you know, in manufacturing, depending on what it is that you're manufacturing, right? Um, so it's always important. Income tax planning comes into play to be another part of that. Why? Because knowing what you are going to owe, not only can I save, what dollars can I save today by doing some of these tax moves, but also knowing what, 
what am I going to owe? If I'm profitable at the end of the day, to some degree, there's going to be income taxes. That's part of it. There's going to be income taxes that are due. But knowing what that is, mitigating it, sure. And then knowing what that final answer is, right, helps you to cash flow better. So you're not thinking, oh, I have half a million dollars additional that I can reinvest in my business or purchase additional equipment or, or give out, you know, in bonuses to uh, incentivize employees or whatever the goal may be. No, I may need some of that um, to use to, you know, pay income taxes. So again, making sure that your income tax planning affects your cash flow. So making sure that you're managing that properly and knowing what that is, or at least have an idea of what that is, because a lot of that will all hit at once. But then also using the correct accounting method for tax purposes, you know, has an impact on your income taxes, right? Whether you're cash versus accrual. That was another thing that changed in 2018. More and more people had more options that may not made sense for them, but they had more options on how they're taxed. Are they taxed on the cash versus accrual basis? So, you know, that comes into play as well because that obviously affects how much income tax shows. And again, goes back to that cash flow management as one, one piece to keep an eye on. Yeah, so you know it, it, it's a good point. So when we talk about cash flow management, um, yes, we need to know how much you know, we need to plan out. And, and and anybody who's watched any of our shows in the past, you've seen we've done cash flow management. We've talked about inventory management. We've talked about budgeting, and you know income taxes can have a significant effect on on cash flows. Uh, you know, paying quarterly estimated tax payments, paying the you know paying the bill when when April fifteenth comes around, possibly. And, you know, we want to be able to plan for that. You know, I'm a big proponent of using 13-week cash flow planning tools and, and you know, predicting and, and trying to drive management decisions using some of those tools. Um, so cash flow is, is really important. And one of the things that we often hear, um, you know, as, as we begin working with companies is, how can I almost, I, I don't have that much cash. How do I own, owe that much tax? And, and if you're a growing company, a growing manufacturer, you're, you're using your cash to some degree as working capital. And that's where lines of credits come in. And so oftentimes you've kind of reinvested that into inventory and payroll until, until you start hitting your turns and things of that nature. So cash flow and managing that and having the taxes are, are things you have to connect together. But you mentioned accrual versus cash basis in two different types. So prior to 2018, for the most part, manufacturers were always accrual basis. And we say accrual, that means you recognize income for tax purposes when you ship it out, or you recognize the expense when it's incurred. And so we always try to make sure you got a good cutoff in terms of making sure all your payables were in on time. and You got all that. So that way you could uh, have, you know, make sure you weren't pushing anything out and not getting deductions for another year. When, you know, so in that particular case, so if you're in a cruel basis tax per pay payer, we want to be looking at your accounts receivable and saying, is it accurate? Do you have anything you need to write off? Are there any bad debts in there? Sometimes companies will reserve for it. You don't get a deduction for a reserve. You got to, you got to write it off and say, Hey, we're discontinuing trying to make collections on this. And the same thing with your accounts payable. You want to make sure you've got everything in there. Uh, any invoices that come in in January related back to December, get them all in there. Make sure you have a good cutoff. So that way we're not missing any deductions. Um, you know, but in 2018, for businesses that are considered small businesses, which is really right now under like $27 million of revenue, uh, and it's measured over a three-year period, we had the ability to, to be on a cash basis. Uh, also, we had the ability to write off inventory. And again, it's, it's very circumstance-oriented. 
So it means that's not the right way to go for every company. Um, you know, we talk about selling. If you're going to sell your company in the next three to five years, you do not want to go down that road. It makes it very difficult. Uh, smaller businesses have found, smaller manufacturers have found this as a way to, to, to uh, impact their taxes, you know, sooner than right later and, and get those deductions. But under cash basis, we always say pay your bills by year end. Your cash base, pay your bills, even if uh, prepay your bills uh, to some degree. So a lot of times health insurance comes in and it's due at the beginning of the month. We'll pay it. Um, get it, get it paid if you can. If you're planning on paying some bills in early January and you've got the cash to be able to do it, pay the bills. Um, then you look at your AR collections and whatever you collect on AR. Um, so maybe you're not pushing as hard that last week to get that collection from the customer. Maybe you're waiting until January. So there, those are some things that you can do to mitigate. But you know, now's the time where we start thinking about, hey, what is this going to look like? How's my year been? Uh, what kind of cash do I, what, what am I possibly going to owe uh, in in April when uh, the bill comes due uh, for assuming most everybody's a pass through, but there's C corps and you both have, have the similar things. You got estimated tax payments, you got taxes due, and there's a planning process to make sure from a cash standpoint, it makes sense. And, and what can you do between now and then to mitigate that? And there, as I mentioned, there, there are a few, few things in that area. Well, now, and, well, and one more thing, yeah, on that cash flow though, is is also ca proper cash flow management of this type isn't necessarily the difference between making a bad decision and a good decision. It could be. It could be the difference between making a good decision and an even better decision. One example, I think I have excess cash. If I don't know what my income tax liability, I may think, oh, you know what? Debt. I mean, who likes debt, right? Especially during slower times, you know, debt, then the less debt, the better, right? The bank loves it whenever you don't have that because now they're willing to lend. A future buyer loves that. So it sounds like a great idea. Um, but then you pay down a bunch of debt and then you realize, oh, I needed that to pay some income taxes, right? Because I didn't, or whatever else may come, you know, pop right. up during that. I didn't properly cash flow that out, right? Now I'm stuck having to incur more debt or they bring that debt right back on the books for purposes of, of, um, you know, paying Uncle Sam, right? So again, it's just it, cash it can't be expressed. I know we said it a lot, but cash flow management is super important. Again, income taxes and all these moves play a role in that. But again, it can be the difference, not just between making a bad and a good, but a good and an even better management decision. Sure. So Kevin, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Um, there's another thing that's been around since 2018. And, you know, this, this, Qualified business income deduction, uh, it's still still there, um, and and really we've been, done a lot of advising over the years because sometimes you get dealing with wages and owner wages and how that can impact and you know but I think this is something that we just need to continue to make business owners aware of that there is this deduction that still exists for the time being, um, you know we'll see what happens off in the future but um, maybe talk a little bit about what that is uh, just just again to bring that awareness. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit about what it is, but I also want to mention why is it, you know, why is it important and why is it that we're seeing, I'm, I'm seeing this at least apply more, even more, more important in the last year or two, right? So the short answer to that is because um, this deduction, it's creeping up on some people that may be limited, and I'll get to those details in a second, because they're finding themselves more and more profitable with the same amount of labor. Right. So, hey, I'm making my labor. I'm evaluating that. We know labor's at a premium anyways. So I'm squeezing the most I can out of our people, getting them to do work as efficiently as they can, getting them to work multi usually in a lot of times in multiple hats, multiple type uh, 
responsibilities. Now we're getting more out of them. Um, and so we have, you know, our profits have increased at a much greater rate than maybe our labor has, right? And I'm talking about more headcount. I know wages and things like that have increased. So again, in manufacturing, not always as big of a deal, but it's something to keep an eye on. And so what, let me go over what qualified business income deduction is. So in 2018, right, when they lowered the C corporations from a 40% tax rate down to a 21% tax rate, everyone who wasn't a C corporation complained, right? Said, well, I'm just going to switch to a C corporation. So to prevent that from happening, the IRS said, okay, okay. Or Congress said, okay, okay, we're going to also pass a deduction that is a 20% deduction for all non-C-Corps, all your pass-through, your S-Corporations, your partnerships, and so forth, up to a 20% deduction. Why? Because that would take an individual top tax rate from 37, which was pretty close to the 40%, down 20%, which gets you roughly in line where, where the C-Corporations were, right? So they said you can get up to a 20% deduction on your business income. There's a few exceptions of businesses and so forth, but for manufacturers, you're good to go, right? So you get up to a 20% deduction. So if I made a million dollars, great. I've got up to a $200,000 deduction just for doing business. I don't have to spend more money. I don't have to do anything else just for doing what I'm doing up to 20%. But there's some limiting factors. The biggest one of those are your wages, right? You have to issue what's essentially about um, uh, 40% of that income in wages, right? So easy math, if I've got a million dollars worth of net income at that 40%, I have to have roughly 400,000 in wages in order to get that 200,000 of deduction. Now, some people, some businesses, a lot of them, especially in manufacturing, that's not a problem. They're labor intensive anyways. But as, as profits continue to increase, as pricing continues to increase and things like that, we're finding that some people are edging up on that limitation. So it's not a hard math you know, formula to do. Go and look at what your net income is for the year, your taxable net income, right? For the year, depending on some of the, like we mentioned earlier, cash versus accrual or any of the, or maybe after depreciation, things like that. Look at that and then compare that to your wages, right? If it's not about 40%, okay, great. Maybe we need to issue some more wages, right? Maybe we need to make sure that, um, you know, a lot of times, um, individual owners and things like that will issue additional wages out to themselves. Maybe because it's a part of their retirement plan. They want to put away more in retirement. Maybe it's because um, they need to bonus out for um, maybe some, we'll talk about this a little bit more in a second as well. Maybe some personal use of a business vehicle, whatever it may be, we may need to bonus out a little bit more. And yes, you're going to incur a little bit of more payroll tax for that, but you're going to achieve a, a deduction that's going to be worth more than that in most cases worth more than the little bit of additional payroll tax you have to pay out, right? And there's some, there's some, there are some um, income limitations, this meaning if you're in the about 360 to 460,000 individual at the individual level, the owner level, if you're in that range, if you're less than $360,000 worth of income for the year, um, taxable income, then this, this limitation doesn't apply, right? So you don't have to worry about that. But anything over that, right? Um, this limitation starts to kick in and so it's something that I mean can be easily, again, just easily attained by just issuing maybe additional wages, a little bit additional wages to uh, a lot of times to owners or other maybe key employees that needed to be recognized, or maybe you're thinking about bonusing them some. That may uh, influence that decision, especially at the end of the year as well. And it's a very, very easy deduction to get by making such a simple move. But once the end of the year is over, 
that's it. It's not something that can be done with a tax return or whatnot. It has to be issued through wages before the end of the year. And so again, another low, kind of a low hanging fruit, easy item right. to look at without having to do a lot of um, a work for it, as long as you get that in by the last payroll for the year. Well, and the, the other side of that is all too often, we've seen owner salaries that are way beyond what the IRS would be, would consider reasonable. Uh, for whatever reason, the owner taking a million dollar salary and reasonable might be half a million dollars. Um, you know, we've had plenty of instances where we said, you know, consider looking at taking a look at that because it's actually reducing the amount of 20% deduction that you're getting because it's hurting you the other way because your wages are too high. So, you know, th that's one of those things that we want to try to evaluate and look at, and you can't do it after the end of the year for the most. I mean, you really got to take, take a look at these things and, and make sure that you're not limiting yourself for a number of reasons uh, in that regard. Um, so Kevin, we're, 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 we're getting a little bit pushed on, on time here, but we did want to hit on a couple more things, you know, real quick on this idea of a captive and, you know, you mentioned retirement plans. So maybe we just hit on a couple of things before we, uh, before we push too far on the edge there. Yeah, no. So I'll just hit really quickly on captives. Cause this is a, just a, everyone's thinking about insurance right now. Insurance, both personally and professionally are just going through the roof. Right. Um, so it gets everyone rethinking, okay, well, what can I do about that? And so captive insurance programs are things that have been in existence for a long time, right? It's just now they're making a resurgence because of the sharp increases in insurance premiums that we're seeing. So basically the idea of it is that in a, a, a group captive, because there's two different types, there's an individual one, you set up your own, but in a, the more popular one, the one we see more often is a group captive. It's essentially an insurance group that you're paying into that in theory, if they've done their job and they've mitigated risk properly, you can get a return on some of those premiums in the future, right? So which can help you minimize that insurance premium cost, right? Um, there are risks, there can be rewards like that associated, but there are some risk involved with as well. You do have to disclose that to the IRS when you invest in these types of things. Some risks that have kept people, uh, prevented people from wanting to invest in things like that so definitely, you know, look at, you know, if you're thinking about something like that, it's worth a look, but make sure you understand all the risks and things like that that are required with that, um, how much capital is required up front for that. Um, but it is something that could be, you know, still implemented before the end of the year um, and those premiums funded that can help uh, get you a deduction before the end of the year. But again, don't worry about the tax benefit. Make sure it fits your risk profile and what you're looking for and that the numbers make sense with whoever you're talking with. So just be careful there because the IRS does scrutinize those, but it may be the right choice for some people, but not for everybody. Sure. Sure. So maybe, um, you know, rattle off one or two other things that you might think. Uh, sure. What, just what, some really easy other stuff. I mean, something as simple as making sure that, hey, if you're doing well and you've got the cash flow, maxing out your retirement plan. I, to me, that is even more important for the long-term effect, right? I mean, so individually, as you're, you know, have your retirement, you may say, oh, I'm not going to retire for another 30 years. Great. Even a few thousand extra dollars you can put away right now is going to grow exponentially by the time you're ready to retire. So, uh, and then you have the short-term benefit of that reduces, you, you get a deduction for that, whether it's a reduction of your, of your taxable um, wages that are on your W-2. But again, looking at that, because the IRS in the last couple of years has increased the amount you can put into retirement plans more than what they usually do. So we find that some people have um, not checked that. They just kind of assumed, oh, I'm still on the same track. I'm maxing it out and realized, oh, no, you're falling several thousand dollars short. 
you want to go ahead and max it out. Not to mention the catch up if you're over 50, that you want to make sure you're taking advantage of that, right? So um, also keep in mind that um, if you don't have a retirement plan for your company, start planning now for next year. Because a lot of times it, the retirement plan may, may make sense, um, but it has to be implemented by a certain time of the year. That's usually going in you know, near the end of the third quarter, going in the fourth quarter. Um, so if you're thinking, oh, I don't have something like that, I'd like to implement something like that. Even though you can't do that for this year, be thinking about that for this time next year. Um, something else that's really easy that we see, and this is on if you are a, um, an S corporation, right, which is a lot of our manufacturers, is to sell the health insurance. It's very common for the business to pay for the owner's health insurance, right? The IRS says, hey, you can deduct that as long as you disclose it on your W-2. And whoever your payroll provider is or your accountant or whoever, they should know what, how, how to properly disclose that. If you don't, that's a low-hanging fruit for the IRS to come in and say, oh, well, you can't deduct that now. Or you may not be deducting it if you're not running it through the business. So run that through the business, disclose that on your W-2 properly. And again, it's just really easy to do. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of you know, moving and shaking to, to do that. Um, but, but it's something that way you can make sure because those premiums continue to go up year after year, the cost of health insurance. So we want to make sure you're getting, you know, uh, deductions for that as well. Sure. Well, thank you, Kevin. A, a lot of good information there. And, you know, certainly, uh, this stuff is complex. Uh, it's, it's not easy. Uh, you know, that's, that's why we're here to, to help guide and, and navigate and give you information to, to help, uh, make the best decision that you can. So again, this stuff's complicated, but now's, now's really the, you know, now's starting to push the edge in terms of what you can do uh, for this year. So be thinking about it, you know, over the next you know few days and, and make sure that if there's any, anything you can do, you do, um, you know, and, and, and reach out and, and ask the questions because that's, that's going to be, you know, the planning and, and putting things ahead of, you know, getting ahead of the game there is really key. So, you know, again, Kevin, appreciate all the insights. There's a lot of information here. Uh, again, we would hope everybody, you know, just reach out. And of course, um, as always, I hope you guys all have, you know, happy holidays um, and and really wish you all a, a prosperous 2024 and looking forward to uh, continuing more episodes in 2024 and appreciate everybody. Uh, all the viewership and, and, and some of the comments and insights that we get back and the feedback in terms of, Hey, can you do this show? Or, Hey, can you do a topic on this? We, we appreciate those comments and always happy to try to try to do that. So uh, again, happy holidays, happy new year. And uh, uh, thanks again for listening. To learn more about James Moore and company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve. Thank you.